Adam, I have a trick. You know, if I talk over the music, they might not catch us. <laughs> that's that's our legal tip for the day. Our legal tip for the day. You could fool YouTube if you talk over copyrighted music. But I, ha I had to. You know, it is opening day for baseball. That is you exciting. know that we're one hour away. Anyway, it's three o'clock somewhere, and that somewhere's Phoenix, Arizona, and that must mean we are doing small business update. I'm John Fruitkin, here with my partner Adam Bach. We are talking today about legal stuff and sports, and uh, we appreciate you joining us. So, Adam, I am in Cleveland, and uh, today, uh, uh, Dr. Burks said that there are rising coronavirus cases in 12 cities. Phoenix isn't one of them. I picked one on the list. So Trump, oh. Trump, by the way, paints rosy picture is the rest of the headline. <laughs> so Cleveland is more at risk than Phoenix right now. Is that what yeah, you're saying? Yeah, so I made a little whoops when I was safely in Mexico. I probably just should have stayed there, Yeah, um, but I didn't. So here we are. Um, we have 4 million cases. Johns Hopkins says we've cracked the number. 104, almost 144,000 deaths. Uh, took us 99 days to get to a million cases. Took us 43 days to get to 2 million. 28 days to get to 3 million. 15 days to get to 4 million. So it seems like it's catching. So whatever we do, we do big. We do well, right? Yeah. So today we're going to talk about schools, about commercial real estate. We have a guest talking about tourism maybe coming back, maybe. We're going to answer a PPP question that we got. We have John's medical corner. Um, but, of course, before we get in any of that, we have to start where we always do, which is sports. So here we go. Big news of the day. The formerly known as Washington Redskins took the name off, spent a couple weeks thinking about it, about 10 days, and they have a new name for the 2020 NFL football season. They will be known as the Washington football team <laughs> it took them a long time to come up with that replacement name could you imagine the yelling in those meetings <laughs> i mean the absolute <laughs> so screaming. this is a temporary right i mean this is not going to be there I, and I, I, so they they say it's temporary but god do i hope it's not <laughs> that is awfully great um so uh speaking of teams that probably shouldn't have the their name the toronto blue jays continue to be known as the toronto blue jays they've been banned from playing in canada and been turned away from playing their home games in pittsburgh <laughs> <laughs> and i just wonder maybe the right thing to do here is to do national anthem protests where we just take out that canadian national anthem this season we might kneel for it i don't know we might, <laughs> we might. depends where they end up possible locations include baltimore and uh, they're talking about their minor league stadium in Buffalo, but I guess the lighting's kind of crummy, and so there's some worry about that, but whatever. Have you watched any of these preseason baseball games, by the way? No, I have not. I have not gotten into it. I'm, uh, I've heard stories about, um, like, cardboard cutout fans <laughs> that they put in there so New that York, it feels like. Yeah, New York Mets are charging, if you'd like, to have your cardboard cutout of yourself. 
<laughs> buy, pay for that and put it in the in the stands. There you go. Instead of paying for a ticket to be there, you, you can pay, pay for a cardboard cutout of your face to be there. Now, of course, the reason why I'm here in Cleveland is to visit Harvey Fruitkin, who was formerly of counsel with our firm, happens to be my father, and we do have a cardboard cutout of him in the office. So it's not unheard of erratics yes. to have cardboard cutout. We should send him to a, a baseball game. <laughs> well, Nationals Juan Soto won't be playing tonight. He's got coronavirus, so maybe – Maybe in the Nationals Yankees opener in about less than an hour, Harvey Fruitkin will be playing. It's unlikely, but possible. Um, other news Mike Tyson making a comeback. Mike Tyson, 54 years old, will be fighting Roy Jones Jr. in an eight round exhibition at Digny Health Sports Park in Carson, California. So, this does beg the question what kind of irony gets them in a arena named after a hospital? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what could go wrong? Do you think, of your dig- you think of your dignity, you're like, you can no longer use our name. We are <laughs> probably the most dignified. I think they should move it to inside the hospital and then they're, then they're just ready. Tyson, of course, lost 15 years ago to Kevin McBride in six rounds but he does open as a minus 350 favorite in this fight. Uh, We aren't here to give you gambling advice, but if we were, we would say take the underdog. (laughs) Because 350, the C-54-year-old Mike Tyson. Anyway, we do have a new NHL team, Seattle Kraken, start playing in 2021. Um, You you and I talked about this. You, You know what a Kraken is, right? Yes. So kind of explain what a Kraken is. It's a legendary, it's a mythical, um, I believe, beast uh, in, the, in the ocean yeah. um, that is very powerful and can crush ships and do all sorts of things. Yeah, so there's a Norwegian kind of, you know, mythology, but they call it the Kraken. And I made a, a jokey comment about, like, why, why isn't the Loch Ness Monster? Loch Ness Monster, also fake, looks like a dinosaur. This looks like a giant squid octopus. Got arms. So that's a Kraken, and they're coming to Seattle to play some hockey next year. With all that sports news, it seems like people want to hear about the law from you. So let's go. <laughs> Talk about commercial oh, leases. Yeah. If, if we have to get on to the legal stuff, we might as well do yep. it. All right. So we are going to talk about commercial leases during COVID-19. Yep. All right, so we all know executive order, Governor Ducey shuts down certain businesses, which by the way, I think he in the near future is going to decide whether to extend it, but shut down um, gyms, fitness clubs, indoor movie theaters, water parks, tubing operations between June 29th and July 27th. So we're coming up on the expiration of that. You know, just as a side note, I think it's kind of comical that they cause it a pausing. They like to use the word pause. You know, they're not shutting things down. They're not taking away livelihoods. They're not taking away money. They're just pausing. We're just, we're on a, we're on a break. Yeah. It's like we're watching a movie and you just hit pause. And then when you're ready, you just push play again and it just picks up from where it was. Um, It's not really how it happens, but we're calling it, we're, we're pausing. Yeah. Kind or kindness. Well, the problem is these pauses um, 
create problems with leases. People are defaulting because they can't pay their, their uh, commercial lease. So um, here are some things to look for in your lease, your commercial lease. There's a force majeure clause in most commercial leases. And this is, you get temporarily excused from paying on your lease in certain events. Um, examples, war, natural disasters, civil disturbances, or government acts that prohibit or delay performance under the agreement. Now there's lots of questions about whether pandemics fall under this. Now, very few commercial leases specifically have the word pandemic in the force majeure clause. So people are getting creative and they're arguing it under the act of God, which is frequently in the force majeure clause. And then you've got to figure out whether legally it, it fits or governmental restrictions. Uh, but a lot of times it'll say, uh, including but not limited to the following. And then people are just arguing that pandemics fit in the category of things they're talking about. So that's one thing to look for in the lease. Um, a lot of commercial leases also have a requirement to be open continuously. Um, you can't go dark. A lot of times it's in re retail leases where they want everybody open and they wanted a thriving environment. So if you shut down, um, technically you're in violation of that provision of the lease. So the solution, <laughs> uh, many commercial leases require the tenant to have business interruption insurance so that if some things like this happen, they'll be able to pay the landlord. The problem is insurance companies are denying business interruption insurance based on COVID-19. Um, and right now throughout the United States, there's hundreds of pending lawsuits um, because insurance carriers are uni uniformly denying all of these. And it's gonna be a big, big issue whether these are covered claims because insurance companies are gonna have to pay out a lot of money if they're wrong. Uh, but right now, this is not helping many landlords because insurance companies are denying these claims. So can the landlord evict? Um, federal, state, and local governments are pursuing legislation to aid businesses affected. Uh, for example, here in Arizona, there is some legislation or there's a, an executive order preventing landlords from evicting tenants, but this only applies to residential tenants at the moment. Um, so you might have heard Governor Ducey, uh, this will expire July, oh no, that's, this one got extended. Uh, the residential one is, got extended through October 31st. But if you're on the commercial side, that doesn't help. So should the landlord evict, you know, a lot of <laughs> advice um, says that you should not evict the tenant. Uh, right now, a commercial space, there's not a huge demand for it for obvious reasons. So you could get somebody out and then have no nobody in there. So generally it's better for landlords and tenants to work together to find some type of solution uh, to the problem. I, so, I kind of will remind everybody not to jump on your, your presentation, but yeah. you know, a lot of this also depends on a third party too, which is the lender the lender you know, is involved. And so if you're a tenant, understand the landlord is not working usually in a vacuum. They're kind of, uh, they have some certain pressure on them as well. Yeah, 
So the lender and the landlord, everybody is involved and the lender obviously wants to get paid. Yeah. Um, so something that people have been doing, either a temporary rent abatement where they say, look, for July and August, you don't have to pay, but we're going to pick up in September or a reduction and say, look, you're paying 10 grand a month. Let's go three months at five grand and we'll bump you back up to 10 or they'll defer it and say, you don't have to pay, but we'll tack everything on and you'll eventually pay it over the course of the lease. We'll restructure it, but there are creative ways to do that. So uh, it's mutually beneficial for commercial landlords and their tenants um, to get through this crisis, to work together, uh, particularly if they have a good history of working together. You know, landlords do not want to get rid of an otherwise good tenant just because of this, um, you know, temporary, we're hoping, uh, crisis. So that is the legal update, commercial leases, you know, PPP loans might not be covering everything um, that, land, that the tenants were hoping uh, to cover. Maybe two and a half months wasn't quite enough time to get them through this, apparently. Yeah, and it depends. And I have seen another creative solution, which is reduction of rent, but a higher percentage rent after things reopen, thinking, uh -huh. hey, you know, when you reopen, we'll figure it out then by increasing the percent. So, um, you know what a Tico is? Well, now you know, because we talked about this. <laughs> Person from Costa Rica, and um, I had to work really hard to find somebody from Costa Rica who was really from Iowa, who lived in Arizona, so I did it. So, Tim Kopadich is with us and is going to need to unmute, and there he is. And welcome to our little thing from from uh, from Costa Rica. So you have big news about the reopening of Costa Rica and you've got a Hawaiian shirt, a Costa Rican shirt. Well, I mean, I wanted to look at two things I can tell you on the sports front. One is okay. go Cubbies before we get into this. And two is I'll take Adam over Mike Tyson or Roy Jones Jr. in that fight. And I agree we should hold it in the hospital because God only knows what could happen to all three of them. But anyway. <laughs> he is undefeated in the office. No one has ever, well, has ever knocked out Adam Bach. Really? <laughs> Tim, 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 of course, is a giant, and that's what I love about this format. Everybody yeah. looks, everybody looks tough, but Tim. <laughs> so, I'll take the over, I'll take the over, Radix. Anyway, so everyone, I live in Costa Rica, and uh, they made an announcement today, which we were kind of expecting them to open the border to Americans, and they made a last-minute decision, and now they're going to open to Canadians people from the European Union and people from England. And the reason they're saying, they just made the announcement about two hours ago is because they are worried. First of all, the cities that are most prevalent, you can fly from are Miami, Dallas, Houston, Atlanta, and Los Angeles. And obviously they're having some issues with COVID there. So they decided it was probably not in the best interest of Costa Rica to um, do that. And then from yesterday to today, we had the highest number of new cases per capita increase in Costa Rica. Now the good news is they're saying if they can kind of control it here and it slows there, people will be able to come here in September. So that's kind of hot off the press news out of Costa Rica. All right. So unfortunately, and, you know, John and Adam, you can't come here, but you know, maybe in a month or so. Yeah, and uh, beaches are gonna be open until 2.30. I mean, all the news, 
Yeah, they, they do it a little differently here. You know, they have zones here. So I live in this, the capital. It's a quote-unquote orange zone. And the beaches, which have seen a slower spread of COVID, are a yellow zone. So I was at the beach last week, and you can go from 5 in the morning till 2.30 in the afternoon, which is plenty because, you know, with fair-skinned people like ourselves, you don't want to be in the sun more than that. But hopefully we see uh, more tourists. Costa Rica has weathered this, stone, this storm probably a little better than other places. But, um, yeah, the tourism sectors in a lot of these countries are, are feeling it. And um, hopefully this thing kind of kind of turns in the right direction and we get tourists next month because a lot of people want to see it happen. So we're going to swing this back to Adam's topic because what Tim actually does is real estate. Um, mm-hmm. And so, Tim, you're chairman at Heartland Income Properties, right? And so, so he's chairman at Heartland, which is based out of Arizona, but your focus is on Midwestern kind of part of America real estate. And so talk to us a little bit about your guys' business and how COVID has helped and or hurt. We are very fortunate and probably one of the lucky businesses where COVID has, has I wouldn't say it helped or hurt. It's just been followed our business model. And we knew that if there was ever a hiccup in the greater economy, we thought we could weather. The reason being is what we invest in are primarily single tenant class A properties that have long-term leases, have A credit tenants, Dollar Generals, O'Reilly Auto Parts. We're going to close on a Scooter's Coffee. We just went under contract on a KFC. The majority of these are in the Midwest. And although they've been somewhat affected, we haven't had any rent, refer- any rent deferrals. Everyone's paying their rent. We've weathered the storm pretty good. And in fact, people are investing with us because they see us as basically a safe haven investment because you know, you, you can do a lot of things, but a lot, you know, people are going to still shop at the Dollar Generals. People are still going to go through the drive throughs at KFC, and people still need auto parts. So we based ours off a business model with the hope of if anything ever turned in the economy, we would kind of weather it, and we're showing that to be true. And, and you know, you, you're our, our counsel. You've done wonderful in helping us structure leases and structure things, and I highly recommend anyone on this call to have their real estate questions answered by Adam or John. And, God bless us so far, our investors, and have not seen a hiccup in anything. So we're, we're doing good. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you were able to talk to us. Obviously, um, you make your way around all of the Americas, but sure. to have you kind of uh, stuck in one place, uh, it's good to see you. Um, <laughs> you, have, you, have any, you have anything for all of our, our the people who watch this from Canada to, like, to explain to them why they need to come to Costa Rica when it's like empty? Well, yeah, well, the first reason is, you know, we have 12 months of 85 degree and sun in Canada. I've been there a couple of times in the winter I'm from Iowa. I can tell you one thing. Once you leave, once you leave the snow, it's hard to come back. So it's beautiful, wonderful. The beaches are great. And like Canada, they have managed the COVID down here. We have 6 million people in Costa Rica. We're right now under 10,000 cases. So it's, it's pretty safe here when it comes to that regard. I mean, everyone takes precautions, people wear masks. I don't want to get into that side of things with on, on the political side, but, but they have really maintained it well. And they, I can only drive my car five days a week and they limit you from driving from five in the morning till five in the afternoon. And it just kind of works that way. So everything down here is hunky-dory. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, all these different countries have all these different ways that they want to tamp down spread. Costa Rica is really focused on trying to limit movement, you know, people moving around. But the irony is, of course, if you're going to go to the beach, you can't do it after 2.30, so you have higher density of people on the beach. 
because anyway. So every some of it may, John. Some of three things. One, some of it makes sense. Some of it. Some of it doesn't make sense. <laughs> you're at the beach. You have the, the malls are open till five. So I mean, you can go to the mall, but you can't go to the beach. I mean, it's hard to do that. Secondly, is you know, it's it's very laid back here. Very wonderful. I can recommend uh, Costa Rica Lava when it does open back up. And thirdly, since we want to talk some sports on this call, I'm a Cubs fan. John's an Indians fan. Let's remember back so we can all reminisce when the Indians were up three to nothing in the World Series Whoa. and the Cubs swept them. Oh, wait, wait, God bless. No, no, no. Let's, no, no. Let's, let's take a pause here because it is now known as the Cleveland baseball team. So that means <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Tim, for joining us. Um, you know, everybody really enjoys people from Iowa and Cleveland fighting about baseball over Zoom, but why people are really tuned in is because they like the part where I do medical corner. And so let's talk about today's medical corner. Vaccines. So vaccines are um, now in, in stage three trials. So this is where you have a lot of people, 30,000 people taking them. And um, the, the good news is that they are, trying, they are trying these out. There's great results in the first couple stages. Um, the problem is, well, now they've decided that, that the final stage testing will be a two-dose uh, test. So um, according to Michael Kinch, the vaccine specialist at Washington University in St. Louis, a one-shot vaccine would be ideal, but the first vaccines are highly unlikely to meet this high threshold. The two-shot approach also appears to be the one that they're going to use from Canosino, which is the Chinese vaccine. Um, they don't have a strong enough response in people to the to to the initial one, and so they're exploring a three to six month later booster. Um, so it turns out that in Lancet, which is the medical journal that I nerdily read, um, that the uh, they, they, in the stage two they did a thousand participants and they measured levels against one and two, and it looks like the data shows that it is possible that people are protected by a single shot, but they're not getting a strong enough immune response. So the um, problem is we are probably going to have a two shot regimen. Now for us, it's probably not the end of the world, although it is just from a supply perspective, but it's a timing issue. And it's a big problem for places like Costa Rica. Um, according to a Harvard Medical School researcher, um, years of experience of disease eradication research limited countries show that sometimes you only get one chance to vaccinate people. Um, and so I am going to kind of, you know, send everybody the link here who's on live. And then if you are um, out and about in the, uh, in the world, uh, in, on YouTube or um, on our podcast, you'll be able to see in the comments, there's a Bloomberg art article talking about this. And so that's kind of a little bit problematic maybe a little disappointing, but I guess if it works, it works. And they pointed out um, kind of at the end of this that it isn't that strange because most vaccines are multi-shot regimens. So what do you think about that, Adam? I think it's anything that complicates the vaccination process is not good. I mean, I think getting everybody one time, you know, and, and get, making sure everybody gets a second one and then a booster one, um, you know, I, we'll do it. But uh... <laughs> this, so we follow John's medical corner with Adam's Captain Obvious moment. 
let's start doing that. I think it'd be great. Like, no, that's that's terrible. <laughs> I got a question from Kathy, and I want to talk about the PPP for a minute. Um, Kathy um, has a sole proprietor LLC, and she had a separate account and began to move money over. And she did that over an eight week period. And there was a little bit of money left over because she doesn't have rent, right? She works out of a home office. And so she doesn't know what she's supposed to do because Wells Fargo just sent her an email that said, hey, you get two choices. You get an eight week time period or a 24 week time period. And so the question she asks is if I use the eight week period, do I have to repay the money that wasn't used? Or can I elect to use a 24 week time period and then pay, you know, that into pay myself basically is how she's using it. Um, and the answer to that is you're going to use the 24 month period. The people who use the eight, the, the, the 24 week period, people who use the eight week period, even though you're technically allowed to are actually a really small subset. And it's for companies that hired a whole bunch of people after COVID started, which begs the question why they were getting PPP in the first place. Um, but there is a very small percentage of people who would use that. Otherwise, 24 weeks is more than eight weeks and you're gonna use that. There's really not downside to it. Her follow-up question was, can I use a portion of money to pay a subcontractor who was doing some work? Um, PPP is for payroll, it isn't for contractors. So that, that doesn't count against it. But the amount that you are supposed to make does. And over a 24 week period, considering we use two and a half months over a 24 week period, you will, you will pass it. And, and it looks like you will likely be able to just um, merely do a one page form and sign off and you'll be done. Depending on your bank, in your case, Wells Fargo, it might just be online checkbox thing. So you're, you're in good shape. Go ahead, you can take that money out of that special holding account. Um, congratulations, all PPP participants. You are big winners. So <laughs> anything else on that, Adam? No, is there, are you going to talk about more uh, stimulus, uh, you know, future stuff or? Well, I was actually going to, you know, touch base on the fact that, that, you know, schools are kind of, you know, messing around. And so University yeah. of Arizona said that uh, they are going to have uh, in-person classes and basically that those are flex in person. And so you can choose your own adventure. So we're letting the 18, 19, 20 year olds choose whether they wanna to go to class or work from home. Um, so that's a, bit, that's a bit interesting. Interesting would be the correct word on that. Um, so with that being said, we do have our moment of uh, public service announcement which is the American Red Cross is trying to get blood. And as an incentive to giving blood, they give you a free antibody test. <laughs> is that like an incentive? Like, do you want to go find out if you had COVID in the past? You know, I sort of do. Yeah, I think, I think that's kind of a cool incentive. Um, this is like a limited time offer. They've been doing it for a little bit now, but you can go on American Red Cross and look up where they're, where they're taking blood. Um, I don't know. It seems like a pretty decent enough incentive. Have you had an antibody test, by the way? No, I haven't. That's why I was thinking, go give some blood, get the tests, and, you know, do some good things in the world. Yeah, right? I think that's pretty reasonable. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you alluded to the stimulus. Um, basically, what's happening is, as we anticipated the other day, 
the um, the Republicans are kind of have their internal fight right now, and the internal fight has resulted in is likely that testing will be paid for by the federal government. It is also um, likely that there will be protection for businesses from liability for COVID-related acts that weren't because of gross negligence or willful misconduct, um, which is good for business owners. And uh, it is unlikely, something that would have been good for business owners, that there will be any payroll tax cut. There was a lot of talk that this was a way to give some money back to businesses and to employees was to have this. So that's kind of where that stands. This is the week that we run out of money. So we'll obviously find out, um, you know, what we're going to do with unemployment benefits. But for all of you who are out there trying to find some people to work next week, they're going to notice they got $240 in Arizona instead of 840 and might need to take it. <laughs> might need to get a job. Might need to get a job. And yeah. so that's, that's it. That's, that's, that's all I got for this week. How about you, Adam? You know, we did get an update from uh, Ashley that said that Governor Ducey is extending the pause on gyms, uh, movie theaters, uh, bars, nightclubs, that sort of thing. So the bad news for all those people is that you're still on pause. In a not surprising twist, we are not going to go to the gym for a little while longer. And, um, you know, I do find it curious that uh, Governor Ducey's decided 3 p.m. at Thursday is the perfect time to do a little show about COVID. <laughs> we'll write him a letter. <laughs> yeah, it just seems weird. Um, with that being said, we appreciate you joining us, like always. Um, we are on YouTube. So if you go to youtube.com slash fruitkinlaw, you'll be able to find us. And, uh, you know, next week we'll kind of talk about some stuff including i'm going to capture these poll results and we'll talk about those then as well i'll talk to everybody and see you next week see you next week